Hey, welcome to Shift for Life. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Eden. We are both mothers, Christians, and total birth nerds. And this is where we talk about all things related to the childbearing year, with an emphasis on supporting your physiology and embracing the freedom and responsibility we have as mothers. And we do it all through the lens of scripture and our faith in Christ. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the first episode of the Shift for Life podcast. Um, in this episode, Eden and I are going to introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about why we're here and then just kind of share um, the main values and ideas behind Shift for Life by just basically going through our name name and uh, tagline, Faith, Physiology, and Freedom. So, um, Eden, do you want to introduce yourself first or do you want me to go first? <laughs> I can go first. Um... Okay. So I come from a really big family. There's, uh, I'm the second oldest of 10. And um, my mom had all of her babies in the hospital except for the last three. Um, And so, and she had all unmedicated um, and natural births in the hospital and overwhelmingly good birth experiences for the most part. And so I was always interested in birth. And um, I felt like my mom was very good at like teaching us about for the most part about our bodies. I remember being like nine sitting on the couch with her and she drew like a little tiny uterus and fallopian <laughs> tubes and like was showing me how the egg goes down the fallopian tubes. And... Which is awesome because she's also like an amazing artist. <laughs> yes, it was amazing. And she was just always doodling on like little pieces of paper. And so it was like literally the scrap of paper that she was just doodling on. and Right. Like very it was much, a like, really fit into like normal life. Like, yeah it and like so it just was like <laughs> this right it wasn't and so I was like this is really cool um but I didn't really feel like I could um really dive into it until I got married <laughs> sure, sure. so like after I got married and I got pregnant it was just like I was consumed with <laughs> all things pregnancy and birth and um I've had home births um with all three of my children and water births I don't think I can right. give birth on land so <laughs> which is so interesting uh, to me sometime we should do an episode on like water birth and land birth because I yes. always love water birth and then when I'm like actually in hard labor I'm like oh my gosh I can't imagine having to get in and out of the tub right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just... kind of probably ridiculous but whatever <laughs> yeah I mean I can't imagine getting out of the tub <laughs> right right true <laughs> so oh man um yeah, so I mean, pretty much the last four and a half years of my life, I spent researching and finding like the natural row for like the whole childbearing year, right, um, right, and all things like motherhood and even like womanhood. Yeah, and I think many of the like natural resources are just so discounted by so many people, and even right. in the Christian community, because it's like, oh, that's like voodoo or like witchcraft or right, you know, right. And I think it's just like all of God's blessings that we've been given. Um, have been twisted by man yeah. and the nat- natural healing is just another one of those so yeah absolutely yeah and that's something we should um, get into a little bit more when we talk about like why we're here um, right. because that's yeah it's just it's kind of off-putting to a lot of Christians right mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so so you are like totally in like the throes of like very young motherhood right now like your youngest is what less less than three months old how old is he well I thought he was 13 weeks but Darlene my sister or 
in-law informed me that he's uh 12 okay so So he's 12 weeks right yeah so you have very young children and um your oldest is three so you've got yeah right you've got three three and yeah she'll be four soon sure (laughs) yeah people are like oh you have three three and under I'm like she's almost four I promise (laughs) awesome oh man yeah so that's kind of like the stage you're at in life so um I know you've gone through um like birth uh like doula birth keeper training and you've attended a couple of births right like mainly as a photographer right right so um so guys neither Eden and I neither one of us are midwives but we both like have that as like a far off dream in our lives. So the ultimate um, goal. Yes. <laughs> so um, is there anything else that you want to sh- about you or about your journey, your family, anything like that? No, I think that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Okay. So do you want right. to, you want to go yeah. ahead and. Sure. Okay. So, so I'm Rebecca and um, just a little background on me and Eden. Um, we're first cousins. Our dads, our brothers. My dad's the oldest in the family. Her dad's the youngest. We're both pastor's kids. Um, so, yeah, so we come from the same family, have literally known each other all of Eden's life. Um, my mom was actually there when Eden was born. Um, and I was, well, was and still am really close with Eden's mom as well. So I feel like we have kind of a cool little, like, microculture in our family of like natural birth being pretty positive and um you know just some similarities in it just I don't know like womanhood just being treated as pretty normal you know Mm -hmm. um so that's a little bit of background just about us as a as a friendship or as a team or something um so for me growing up like my mom always talked about birth really positively she was like yeah it's hard it's hard work. Um, but it, she always made it sound like totally doable. Like this is not too hard for you, surely. You know? <laughs> um, mm. And she had, you know, natural unmedicated births in the hospital with both me and with my younger twin sisters. Um, I guess, I mean, she did get a shot of Pitocin at the end with the twins just because that's, yeah, that's how the birth unfolded. But, you know, no pain medication. And um yeah she just talked about it really positively and like she and my dad always talk about when I was born how it was like just this like really euphoric experience that they like it was like a high for weeks afterwards not just for her mm. but for my dad too mm. which I think is super cool um just because birth has so much um potential to be such a bonding experience mm. for the couple and for the whole family if you have other children um so so yeah, it wasn't like home birth was the norm or anything, but natural birth certainly was. Um, so I grew up with just kind of being fascinated by it. And, you know, we had like a lot of pets growing up. We had rabbits, cats, a dog, horses, you know, we like, we did 4-H, we were around, um, you know, growing up in a really rural area. Like we had friends who like had dairy farms and mm-hmm. I was just like super fascinated basically by the whole reproduction process. And because I was homeschooled, like nobody was weird about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, like my parents weren't like, oh, you shouldn't talk about that with other kids or, you know, other kids (laughs) like you, why are you interested in that? I was just like, sweet, I get to look at horse sperm under a microscope today. (laughs) (laughs) And so so I came at Uh it like just from a very, like not even thinking about like, myself in the future at all but just Mm. 
just being like naturally a nerd about like mm-hmm. reproduction and genetics and always trying to catch our pets giving birth and stuff you know mm-hmm. um and then I actually I attended the birth of one of our aunts um when I was 12 which was like you know it was a hospital birth and you know whatever but it was like super positive um and so that was the very first birth I ever saw and then after that I saw all these like undisturbed like animal births you know Mm. and um like you know growing up like my mom was really positive about birth but kind of culture in general isn't right and it's not like I was like immune to it and so um you know I always I always thought like oh if I have kids I'd like to have natural births but then you also hear all this negativity and how about how hard and painful it is Mm. and Mm -hmm. I just remember one day like watching one of our cats have kittens and she was just like purring through contractions and I was just incredible yeah I was just like okay like there's got to be more to this birth Mm. than than just pain Mm. right and that was like pre-diving into like human birth like at all Mm. um so fast forward um you know I get married I got married when I was 21 um And I knew that I was probably going to have a hard time getting pregnant because I had never, ever had like normal periods. I'd never had a regular cycle. Um, It was always very long and irregular and like all over the place. And I didn't really have it checked out um, because just because I'm like really private. And so having it checked out like before I was married just felt really weird. And, um, And so, yeah, so I kind of went into marriage knowing like, oh, this might be hard for me. And also, like, kind of feeling like, oh, if I do get pregnant, like, I might only get, like, one shot at this. So, like, wanting Mm -hmm. to, like, everything right, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which can be good and bad, right? Um, Right. But when I was in college, a couple of years before I got married, um, I overheard this conversation in the library, this guy and girl just talking about, like, birth and home birth. And the girl was talking about kind of all these problems in um, modern maternity care and they mentioned the documentary the business of being born and I was like oh I've got to find that so I like got on YouTube somehow found it for free on YouTube you know Mm. and watched it when I was I don't know probably 19 maybe um and so that was like eye-opening and it was like oh wow like not everybody has their babies in the hospital right and why don't conversations like that happen more often in libraries (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. Yes. And why don't they happen with younger women before you're actually at the point where you right. have to make the decision, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, like for me, I mean, you know, like, um, you know, we got married and didn't have a baby until three years after we'd been right. married. And it wasn't because we planned it that way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we would take babies anytime, which of course at the time was really hard for me. But I'm really thankful mm-hmm. I had that time to like learn what I learned. Because I think if I had got just got pregnant, like, right away, I would have been afraid to, like, have a home birth. Because as much as mm. it was, like, something that I thought, oh, this is so cool, I would love that. I was also, like, but safety, but safety, what if something <laughs> happened? Can I live with that? Like, you right. know. And so, um, yeah, so I, you know, watching the business of being born was kind of my first introduction into the home birth world and, like, learning what a doula was. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. But um, I didn't know anything about, like, how to become a doula. And I didn't even know that there were, like, tons of doulas in my city. Like, there were. And I just, like, had mm-hmm. no idea how to even figure that out, right? Like, and, right. Um, 
so so I get married, um, move out to California. My husband was in the Navy at the time. And I started nannying for a lady who was a doula. And um, so she would be, her husband was deployed. So when she went to a birth, I would go, go watch her kids. I was like her on-call childcare. So she'd be like up all night with a mom in labor. And I would be like up all night voraciously reading all her birth books. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and um, her name's Megan. And I just, I always feel like Megan kind of like pre-doulaed me through all of my mm. regarding birth so that mm. because like I'm a slow processor and I have to like think through everything mm. like a lot you know like I feel like you're really right. instinctual you're just like this is the right thing I am go with it right because it's funny because like when I <laughs> when I got pregnant I was like I'm having a home birth right, and I didn't right. know I hadn't begun my research at that point so I was right. just like I just knew it was right and when somebody was like I don't think you should do that right I was like right. Why shouldn't I? And so then I just, it gave me even more of a passion to learn more because it's like, actually, like, I know instinctually that this is what's right for me. Right. But right. I didn't have any of the facts behind it yeah. at that point. Right. And for me, I think I instinctually, I wanted it, but I had to have the facts. Like, mm. myself first, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just because, I mean, I think especially because you know, dealing with infertility for a couple years and just like the continuing reality that my body doesn't work quite right was mm. like, okay, yeah, like birth is natural. Women can do it. But like my body isn't working right for the first part. So is it going to mm. work right for the rest of it? You know, right. so that was, that was really part when I finally decided on a home birth, part of it was like, okay, I'm generally confident in a woman, you know, in the the ability of a woman's body to to give birth but I'm not super confident in my ability and I need somebody who is going to be confident in my ability and not undermine it you know mm -hmm. like not undermine the confidence I do have um right yeah so so yeah I ended up training as a doula I attended a few births um I got pregnant I had a miscarriage that was super traumatic the whole like experience at the hospital was super traumatic um and I took a break from attending births because it was just really hard emotionally. And then mm -hmm. back to Michigan and um, I got pregnant again. This time everything went well. And um, but, you know, my husband had just got out of the Navy. We were living with his parents like we were like, yeah, we can't afford a home birth. Um, so I just went to the to the doctor's office, you know, for it was like a resident practice. So I didn't even see the same person every mm -hmm. time. And um, so, yeah, so I ended up, it ended up my husband got a new job when I was maybe 27 weeks pregnant. And we switched to a midwife when I was like 30, 32 weeks. And nice. so, <laughs> like the best decision of my life, you know? Right. And um, sometime we should do an episode on just like kind of our husband's perspective on it. And I don't want to be like, oh, right. convincing them to have a home birth. But, you know, that's, that's an issue sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, after meeting with our midwife, my husband was pretty comfortable with it and everything. And so, yeah, then I had my oldest. I had Coulter. Um, it was a you know, great birth, awesome birth experience. And really, I think, set the tone for the rest of my motherhood journey. Mm -hmm. That's of like having agency and feeling like the choices I make actually can have a really good impact on, right. on myself and on my family, on my children. Um, 
a great bonding experience for me and my husband. So that yes. was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So since, I mean, Coulter is almost eight now. And since then, I've attended births on and off here and there. Um, mostly just for friends and close family. I think I've only, like, I attended a few births while I was pregnant for him. But I think other than that. I've only attended like one birth that wasn't a close friend or family. And I'm fine with that. Like being on call with kids at home and nobody who lives quite close enough to like be the on-call person. Um, Just, it's not really doable at this stage in life. So I'm fine with it. Um, But I hope it changes someday. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I know all my little (laughs) sisters, just for some context guys, I'm, I'm the oldest of eight. Um, my five youngest siblings are all adopted through foster care. And, um, so there's like a big range, like I'm 32 and my youngest sister is 10. Right. So, but my, I have three sisters who are like currently in their teens and they're all like, Becca, can you please be my midwife when I have kids? And I'm like, Oh, but yeah, which I love. Like, I feel like, Oh, we're like changing our little, our own little birth culture, like in our family, you know? Mm. Um, but I'm like, uh, you better not have kids too soon because <laughs> I mean, I'm not ready yet. And neither are you, but uh, I'm really not ready yet, you know? Right. Um, yeah, but yeah, it is cool to see, like, just kind of, like, the effects. The ripple of- effect. Yes, yes, it's so satisfying. Um, maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but that might actually just take its own episode, like, kind of, I don't know, changing the birth culture where you're at. Um, right. Because I think when, like, for me and you, we've got, like, these big dreams, like, being a midwife and stuff. Mm. So sometimes it kind of feels like, oh, I'm not doing anything. But we actually yeah. are being, like, the people around us, you know. I have a lot mm-hmm. of friends who have had home births um, that I don't think would have without my influence. I'm not saying that, like, pridefully. Mm-hmm. It's just, right. like, I, I was their point of contact and they're kind of their first introduction to it. And mm-hmm. that makes me feel like I've done something good in the world, you know? Right. <laughs> okay so maybe now let's talk a little bit about why we're here um I'm not sure I kind of have the feeling we might have to do this in two episodes but we'll see we'll just go as as long as we can either until your right. baby up or my kids are out of VBS so. <laughs> he's just um, sitting on my lap now with his eyes wide open like what uh, is happening right now <laughs> right? that's awesome oh man okay so why we're here basically um we see the need for like solid Christian women to actually speak to like birth and fertility and postpartum and just I guess motherhood in general but specifically the childbearing year um from the birth side like from being part of the birth community it can be hard to find somebody who's like a solid Christian there's like there's definitely a lot of people who um are kind of like more I guess for lack of a better better term like more liberal christians um mm-hmm. there's people who are loosely spiritual there's a lot of the goddessy right <laughs> stuff out there like yeah like su- like super new agey like might be like kind of even like generally moral and totally like not hostile to christianity but like right totally, you know what i mean yeah so there's a lot of that and um like i think it's also and we'll get into this more when we talk about our name but like like you and I are just like unapologetically pro-life and that's also right. hard to find in the birth community because it's so focused on women's empowerment that mm. it's like, 
basically like, oh, a woman could never make a bad choice, you know, and that's just right. Like, that's not true. It's just not. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean that we're like unsympathetic to women and families who find themselves like vulnerable to abortion. But right. we're, like we're unapologetic about being pro-life, like from the from the moment of conception. And so. Right. Um, so from the first side, we need that. <laughs> Aww, <buddy. laughs> um, but then from the Christian side, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a lot of negativity, like not, not in our own family. And like you and I obviously have some great influences, um, individually, but I feel like the culture at large in our kind of our little corner of like evangelicalism is not great when it comes to like support actually supporting a woman's physical function Mm -hmm. you know and um yeah and you know I mean we're a tie we're kind of at a time politically and in history when there's all kinds of things about a woman's physiology that are really like attacked and undermined and Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways the church has just gone along with it right like right I mean again we each grew up in um maybe a church or an area where this wasn't 100% the norm but more broadly I just see it super normal like oh you get married and of course you go on birth control like of course you medicate Mm -hmm. your body into infertility right and right um, you know and I'm not saying it's like wrong to plan your family but but that is harmful to women's physiology right right yeah and I also feel like you know one of the blessings of marriage and of sex is like having children yes and it's like it's like a lot of Christians just want to separate that completely. They just want to skip over that part of the Bible exactly. and cherry pick to, you know, to fit their yes. bill. And, you know, obviously, yeah, I mean, that's just a big topic to get into. But. Right. Yeah. Like we're definitely going to have an episode on that because it is a big topic. But, and I think, you know, like, okay, the Catholic church has taken a hard stance on it and Protestant mm-hmm. hasn't. And I understand why, because we do have freedom in Christ and there are some things that the Bible isn't totally black and white on, but we don't have much conversation about like, okay, but what is the Bible black and white on? Cause the Bible is right. things mm-hmm. and we're undermining a lot of that in how, right. we, how we build our families, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it starts even just before we're even married, before we're sexually active, like, just with this basic idea that like you have to control it all and like pregnancy and birth and motherhood is just gonna like ruin your body ruin your marriage ruin your life right. <laughs> like like basically like get all the fun in before you have babies because like you're not like life is gonna suck after that you know right <laughs> and again that's not true like in our family right and there's lots right where that's not true but but that's been a pretty st- strong influence. Like, I shouldn't say an influence. Yeah, it's like, it's like if you don't, if you have kids, then you're, and here's a, here's the thing that I've been thinking about. Um, like, you know, when people say, oh, abortion isn't human sacrifice. Um, it is on a very symbolic level because like you're sacrificing the life of your child for whatever you have in your life. Yes, exactly. Right. So like your career or like you think it's going to ruin your marriage or you think you don't have time for it. And it's like, that is human sacrifice. And I think yep. that um, spiritually when, you, when people get an abortion, no matter what the circumstance, it's always 
like counted to the evil of this world because it's murdering oh, a human. Uh, yes. And it is child yeah. sacrifice. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I feel like if nothing else, doing this intro episode is helping us like know all the other episodes we have to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. So I just think we see this, this huge disconnect between a woman's physiology and like just how she functions in the world within the church and so um you know we just we want to like provide like resources and just like a discussion about it you know Mm -hmm. um again basically for the whole childbearing bearing year um and I just don't see a lot of people doing that like I do because I find them you know Mm -hmm. But it's not enough to have, like, permeated Christian culture, you know? Right. Like, okay, like, Felicia Masonheimer talks about it sometimes, I think, in a great light. Um, Jasmine Holmes talks about it, I think, in a really, like, healthy way. Um, And then, like, okay, like, my friend Brooke at Sister Birth, which we will definitely, like, link to her stuff sometimes because she's, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she addresses it really well. Um, But, you know, we're all just kind of, like affecting our own little corner which is fine like that's good actually but um yeah I guess we just you and I want to start by like influencing where we can whether it's our family or our church or whatever but we just see like the opportunity for the good it can do in the lives of Christian women and maybe like not even Christian women right like right yeah and I also think like in the in the church like if there's any like older women that are, will listen to this podcast like once you get out of that like right now I'm obviously like just in the midst of like very raw motherhood yes, <laughs> and yes. like so like all my resources are very condensed to my family like I yeah. I have been trying to help my friends that are having babies but it's really hard you know like the yeah. most I can do a lot yeah. of times is just like drop off some extra supplements that I had in my cabinet, you know, right, like, right. like, yeah. I hope this will help yeah. you. Like, and, um, recently I lent a birth pool to a friend of mine, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's important for like women who have more resources because they're not like in this yes. season to like come alongside younger women. Right. Which and is totally I think different. it's right. It's totally yeah. biblical, but I think it's really easy to forget because like, once you get like even after you, a year after you have a baby, it's like, oh, I did that. That was, you know, we got through it. And then you're starting to feel more like yourself and you kind of forget what it's like for other yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think just remembering and being like, I know that you're super sleepless right now and <laughs> I get how it feels. Like, I remember that, you know, like yeah. even that just really helps, like knowing that somebody knows and understands and right. So, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, I think it's all it's all connected. It's all relevant. So, um, so you and I like, okay, theologically, like we would definitely be considered evangelical. And I kind of hesitate to use the term because it's got a lot of bad connotations because it's become an ism, you know, right? Like instead of focusing on the evangelical doctrines, it's been there's been a focus on like evangelical culture, like the good, the bad and the ugly. So when we say Mm -hmm. like evangelical, like what we mean is probably like kind of boils down to like the five solas of the Reformation, like sola scriptura, sola fide, sola gracia. 
Solus Christus and Solideo Gloria. I don't know if I'm pronouncing all of those right, to be honest. But sounds you know, fancy believe, to me. <laughs> you know, we believe scripture <laughs> is authoritative. We believe that um, reconciliation with God is, you know, through faith by grace, um, mm. and you know, on the basis of the righteousness of Christ alone, and that all of life is for the glory of God alone. So mm. when we talk about like the theology we're coming from, that might also make us a little unique in filling in the gap, like where we see gaps in the Christian world, you know, um, and we're probably right. reformed leaning, at least. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely like probably like Calvinistic. I'm definitely like pretty covenantal in my understanding of scripture, that sort of thing. So just so you have an idea of where we come from theologically, a lot of what we talk about will just be applicable to basically anybody who takes the Bible seriously. But right. that's that's kind of the specific gap we're filling, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think, so I mean, maybe we can just talk a little bit about um, just that lack of connection with the, with the body in church in general. I think you know, it really comes from that we kind of have a poor theology of the body, especially a poor mm-hmm. theology of a woman's body. And um, I, and I don't think that's because our, of our Christianity. I think the world out there is tempted to blame it on like, oh, that's because you're a Christian. Um, but I right. think it is because our evangelical culture is largely formed by, or at least has kind of like evolved in the context of people not actually being super like scripturally literate. And mm-hmm. so when we talk about like this, that we really do like scripture is our ultimate authority. Um, you know, what we talk about with how we like support birth and fertility and stuff, we do find basis for in scripture. Um, but yeah, just a lot of Christians, a lot of people who go to church aren't actually all that scripturally literate, you know. And I right. think the other thing is just um, we've really disconnected our bodies with like the image of God and even just Mm. image of God. Right. And there's like a disconnect with the image of God and with the strength of femininity, you know, there are aspects of kind of like the biblical womanhood movement that really dumb down like womanhood, (laughs) you know? And yeah, I think we see it probably most like in the most raw form, like when we're giving birth that like, Right, femininity is actually strong. It's not strong in the same way, right. strong, but it's strong mm. in, and it's right. like validate that and value that, and draw mm-hmm. from a woman's ability to give birth, and like know that that's like that's common grace. Like a woman, like you don't have to be special mm-hmm. to give birth without medication. Women have been doing it, right? For, and like that, that that ability to give birth and to like bring life into the world out of love mm-hmm. is like common grace right and I feel like back to the you know like feminine strength yeah. and how it's biblical you know like the like the culture that we are in right now and like how it's like always promoting women yeah it's like yeah. it's not actually promoting womanly qualities right it's promoting manly qualities in a woman and that's not the same thing right and it really puts a burden on women like that you have to exceed in a man's world right that way but like Mm. be excellent in masculine qualities right and And it's like what are what are men gonna do if women are doing it all 
right right yeah oh man that's like another a whole another episode right there right 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 (laughs) (laughs) oh man but um yeah I just think yeah there's that that disconnect and I think it's like led a lot of women to just think really negatively about themselves as women Mm -hmm. which is really sad I think because they've kind of seen as something to be abhorred and like purely a curse and mm-hmm. you know all of that so we've probably we've probably exhausted that a little bit so maybe now we can talk about our name Shifra Life so um in the Bible in the book of Exodus the two midwives who um kind of save the Hebrew baby boys initially before before Pharaoh really goes all out and killing them their names are Shifra and Pua and nobody wants to name their their thing their brand pua right so we picked <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, okay <laughs> sorry poor pua um <laughs> so um eden's gonna read some verses from the book book of exodus just about seven or eight verses i think um but just for context um you know basically pharaoh is scared that the israelites are going to multiply too much and um you know that if they go to war they're going to join the enemy you know all of this stuff so they oppress them more and more but the bible says the more they were oppressed the more they multiplied and um that you know the egyptians lived in dread of them and basically were ruthless slave masters to them so eden would you read let's see it's exodus 2 15 through 20 it's actually one it's 115 oh through 22 yeah Glad you I just started me. reading it in my, and I was <laughs> just like, oh, okay. She sent me to the wrong place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then okay. the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives come to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all of his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Right. So that's where our name comes from. And again, we could do an episode on just that story because there's so much there, like so much. I'd mm-hmm. love to back. But you see these these Hebrew midwives who are defying earthly authority, like authority that has like a lot of power. Right. Right. Um, out of fear of God. They're not like just defying authority to be like rebellious or anti-authoritarian. Right. Like mm-hmm. they're doing it because they fear God over man. And they're obviously, they're, you know, saving these babies um, in the context of, like, widespread infanticide, you know? Right. Um, And so that's kind of why we chose it, just because I think there's a really strong, like, pro-life message there. And also, Mm -hmm. like, feminine strength and um, freedom in a lot of ways, like, both for, like, birth attendants and for mothers. Um. So, okay, so we've already kind of like talked about faith a lot. So I think we probably don't need to go into that a whole lot more as we're explaining like our tagline. But the first piece is faith. We're unapologetically 
pro-life because human beings are made in the image of God. And Mm -hmm. um, we uphold scripture as authoritative and we value the fear of God over man, like over everything else. Right. And which, yeah, I mean, when we say fear of God, we're talking about like a a reverence for him and valuing obedience to him, like out of love for him and respecting his power. And that right, and also giving, I think, giving God the glory for bringing life forward into the world, because I think that's so powerful. At all my births, um, my midwives immediately begin praising God as soon as my child comes into the world, and you just feel this presence of God there, and it's so um, God glorifying because right, I feel it's just on the Lord's strength that we, that I feel like I've given birth, sure, and had such overwhelmingly positive experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Like the whole thing is just like a gift from him and like something to praise him for. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just the other aspect of like the fear of God is um, that like he actually does have the authority to like tell us what to do. Like, Mm -hmm. like obedience to him is always worthwhile. Right. And his laws are given to us like, yes, for his holiness and to show us what holiness and righteousness is, but also out of love for us because he made us and he knows how we function best. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then, okay, so then the second part of our tagline is physiology, um, which we've touched on a little bit too. So that's just, you know, the idea that like we have a good creator who designed us well Mm -hmm. and capable. Right, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Exactly. And I remember telling one of my friends, she was going to the hospital and she was so her doctors were making her so scared and and I sent her um I believe it's Psalm 139 yeah you know you knit me together in my mother's womb you knew all my days when as yet there were none of them and I think that's so powerful obviously I'm cutting and pasting there a little bit but yeah that that's just a great yeah yeah absolutely like you know, I think sometimes, you know, maybe especially in kind of like more reformed circles, we we focus so much on like the effects of sin on the world and mm-hmm. that we're like we're sinful by nature um, mm-hmm. and like the ways that God's design has been has gone wrong, like, you know, in relation to, you know, because we're sinful, like we mess it up. Right. Um, right. We focus so much on that that sometimes we forget that like. Hey, God created you with the same ability that he created like every other mammal with, right? Right. And it also says like by childbearing, she she will be redeemed. You know, like that's really powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we need to get into that at some point. Yes. Because I was actually, I was thinking about that like in the middle of the night last night because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, nice. Oh, I need, I need, I need to understand that better because it's kind of one Mm. of those sort of like, vague phrases that people argue Mm -hmm. about what it means so i'd love to i'd love to go into that sometime um right yeah and i think you know i think like we also i think we'll really emphasize like living in accordance with god's design so it's not just supporting our physiology in the childbearing year like when it comes to like birth itself but like god actually created our bodies to function a certain way and so when we're supporting Mm -hmm. that and like living in accordance with his design we usually do function like we should. I'm not going to say all right. Like, like I still don't get pregnant. Right, obviously. Right, like, right. 
you know, um, sometimes things go wrong and like, it is totally okay to utilize like the medical resources we have, you know, in the case that something goes wrong, we're not like against that in any sense. Like if I went into labor at 28 weeks, you better bet I would hustle myself to the hospital. Right. Like, right. Right. (laughs) You know, um, but like most of us are living, most of us are like, not as active as God designed us to be like we're too sedentary most of us Mm -hmm. are also though like not getting quality rest like God designed us to get we're Mm. going 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 like like we have to be careful I think sometimes like young Christian circles we really like um, uphold hard work as something really admirable in a woman and it is right like Proverbs 31 but like the Proverbs 31 woman lived in a context where like there was very strict sabbath laws and like you were in big trouble if you broke the sabbath right 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 rest was commanded and most of us don't Mm -hmm. like that right so there's like that aspect of it and then even just like what we put into our body like most of us are eating like not eating like we should to support our right you know um so we will definitely touch on some of those things just like in the content that we produce i guess um and then also with physiology like we just treat physiological birth as normal and like we are Mm -hmm. kind of again unapologetic advocates of home birth because that's how we think physiological birth um happens best right Um, and you know sometimes we'll have to do an episode like on undisturbed birth and stuff um to really go right this is kind of uh going into freedom now isn't it um yeah kind of yeah, I guess. They're kind of connected, maybe. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, related to all of it is just, like, this idea that, um, you know, a woman's incredible de- design and ability to nourish life and to give birth is not for her own glory, but for God's. That's something we've talked mm. about. It, right, and a lot of the um, kind of birth influencers that really advocate for for physiological birth it's like opposite right Mm -hmm. it's for glorifying woman so we're going to be distinctive and then um for freedom you know we really operate under the idea that like freedom and responsibility go together and the responsibility for physically bearing children belongs to woman alone like no one else can Mm -hmm. do it for her right and so right so you know even you know like okay like we believe in like a husband's headship over his family like we believe that like women should be submissive to their husbands we also believe that like birth is a woman's domain and so husband shouldn't be micromanaging it right <laughs> like, right um and so and not just husbands but like the legal system or the hospital or anything right, right. so um we're very supportive of women in choosing birth attendants they feel comfortable with um mm-hmm. so for midwives that's like regardless of licensure, right um, right there are great midwives who aren't licensed excellent safe all of that mm-hmm. um we also support a woman if she wants to free birth if she doesn't want uh, a professional like that's okay like you're still made to do right. it right um that's not something right. that i have chosen right but we're very much supportive of it um and then also just the freedom for birth attendants to work in their scope. So, right. Uh, and to not aid it to them by big organizations or big medical establishment stuff. 
Right. Because at the end of the day, I think hospitals are mainly business-like and they have liabilities and Yes. you're not treated like a, you're treated like a liability, you know, Yeah. like Right. it's like, this is a liability and this is a liability and then they have to cover their butts. Right. And so I don't think that, you know, and I know people that have had good hospital births and I'm not saying that you can't have a good birth in a hospital Right. and you have to be comfortable where you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to feel safe. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think for, for most people and it, they don't think about it this way, but like most people like go to a hospital, like when they get sick Yes. and that's not a good experience for anyone. Right. And so your body Right. is already prepped and primed for like, this is where I go when I'm sick to get help. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much like just in, in that whole system. Like I think there are some doctors, some OBs who are like excellent, caring, great people. I know like one of the main, Mm OB, like one of the most popular OBs here in the Grand Rapids area Um, she was actually she was a doula before she was an OB she had four kids -hmm. at That's home awesome. like yeah so like she's amazing right and there you can absolutely have a great birth in a hospital it's possible Mm there hmm you do have a lot less control over some of the factors Right. though and um and ultimately like birth itself isn't something that's like under our control but we do have control about where we do it who attends us how we care Mm-hmm. for ourselves how we prepare mentally Like we have control Mm. over all of that part. Right. And Right. so we're not, we do want to meet where like we totally advocate for home birth, but we do want to meet women where they're at. So we welcome Right. questions and, um, you know, listening to people's fears, concerns, things like that, because like, Mm hmm at least for me, like that's where I was at one point, you know? So like, I see Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Right. And I have a friend who's like, she's not anywhere close to, you know, that stage in her life yet. But she said, I want to have a hospital birth, but I want to do it at home. Right, <laughs> right, right. and Yeah. I said, well, you know too much. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. um, and I think like, you know, having a doula at your at your birth, if possible, and if you're having a birth in the hospital is really important. And Um, and I'm really hoping to get to that point in my life at some point where I can like attend at a hospital and help women. Cause that's really where they need doulas, you know, Yeah. and it's hard for a doula to be in a hospital. Yep. You know, I think a lot of doulas want to be like, Oh, I'm just going to go to home births. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm like, right. you know, like I've, you know, I've been to some awesome hospital births that were just like beautiful, wonderful, excellent care. And I've been to some that were, like traumatic for me, much less for the mother. Mm-hmm. Right, And I just don't always have the emotional bandwidth to do that. I'm not saying I'll never do it again, right. but Um, you know, for the last couple of years, I've attended only home births. Part Mm-hmm. of that Mm-hmm. is because of who asks me because they do home births. Right. Um, but, but I mean, that even kind of falls under freedom, right? Like it's okay Right. to attend births in a context that is like, not just good for comfortable the mother, for you but right like, yeah, like healthy for you. Um, mm -hmm. and Yeah, and even with, like, okay, like, more medical birth attendants, like, you know, like, if you don't feel comfortable attending a breech birth, that's fine. Like, if you don't have, like, the training to do it, that's fine. Like, I don't want to, you know, I wouldn't want a birth attendant 
who didn't feel comfortable doing the thing I wanted them to do right so we're right so as much as we are like pro like get educated for that and become comfortable with it we also are totally for birth professionals like only attending births that they feel comfortable with and even just feel a good fit for you know mm-hmm. right um, like I'm not a good doula for everybody you know right oh yeah obviously you know what I mean (laughs) yeah so um let's see is there okay so do you think there's anything else that we want to touch on with like the freedom aspect before we just kind of briefly talk about like what we offer or what we will Um, I think we're good things are kind of about to fall apart for me so okay Okay. (laughs) we'll ski daddle through this um (laughs) yeah so okay so first of all first we're just going to offer merch we've got like some pretty sweet like t-shirt designs that are like for our people so basically for like freedom loving christian birth workers mothers birth nerds whatever right um so um you know as we're recording this we don't have our website totally live but when we drop this we will and so we will have um just a, a few a few items in the shop that you can check out um if you want to some of them have a very like pro-life message and um yeah so that's kind of for right now that's what we've got but in the future we will be offering um, some online courses um, specifically like on fertility awareness and maybe Mm -hmm. some other topics as well and then we also just want to offer like resources for the church just because the childbearing year is such a good time to meet women and help them to draw Mm -hmm. Christ and to meet women who who don't know Christ you know even when we look at um, what happens neurologically with like pregnancy there's like openness to change there and new mm. pathways where like if that's the first time a woman's really been cared for like I just think it has the potential to be like so impactful and right. so we want to try, kind of just provide resources for the church to to talk about these these topics that are legitimately kind of hard to talk about sometimes in a way that's like not too dogmatic but also like actually bringing scripture to bear on them um mm-hmm. So just opening up the conversation, but also like serving women in your local church and in your like in your neighborhood, in your community. So that's right. what we're hoping for. Um, I don't know how frequently we'll do podcasts, but we've got a lot of ideas, obviously. So yes, we do. <laughs> so if there's something you guys want to lo- want to hear about, definitely um, get in contact with us and let us know. And we'll try to um, like prioritize the stuff that our people are interested in. So, right yeah so i think that that pretty much wraps it up so thanks eden i think so yeah, yeah. thanks becca yeah okay.